You're listening to Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds chasing authentic love and divine romance. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for joining me at Spoken Bride, a podcast inviting Catholic brides and newlyweds into what is sacred and what is real. I'm Spoken Bride's co-founder, Stephanie Callist, and I am your guest host today. And joining me for our annual vendor week is Kate Capato of Visual Grace Photography and Sacred Art. Kate is a full-time artist and photographer, um, a missionary of beauty who uses painting, dance, and photography to share the mysteries of the divine. I'm really excited to be talking with her because I have loved and admired Kate's work for such a long time. And so um, it really is a gift for me today to get to talk with her and to share a glimpse with you into Kate's deep love for the good, the true, and the beautiful, and to talk with her about ways that couples can deepen their relationship and build their domestic church on this incredibly, you know, strong and edifying foundation of beauty. Visual Grace is based in Philadelphia, so Kate serves that area, and she is also available for international travel. Hi, Kate. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Mutual. Um, So we can start at the beginning. Um, For our listeners who aren't familiar, do you want to introduce yourself and tell a little bit about your story and your pursuits of the arts along the way? Sure. Um, Yeah. So as you already mentioned, I'm in the Philly area and I kind of have dabbled in a lot of arts, all under the umbrella of a mission of spreading truth through beauty. So dancing, painting and photography are the three kind of um, legs, if you will, for thinking of a table that I um, use to create um, and speak truth through. And just a little bit about my journey. I, I always knew I wanted to do something with art, um, but I also always knew I enjoyed helping people. And for the longest time, I didn't know what that looked like. I um, did mission work and then did art on the side. And it felt like I had two different worlds this whole time um, and went to school thinking maybe I would do art therapy, which if you're not familiar with that, that's like counseling with mm-hmm. art because again, I knew I wanted to help people and I wanted to do art. So, well, maybe this is it. Um, the Lord did not continue to lead me down that path after I graduated college. I would have had to have gotten my master's in that, but instead I ended up doing mission work with um, the Culture Project, which some of you might be familiar with. They're based in the Philly area and travel all around speaking to um, young people about human dignity, dignity and sexual integrity. And I was with them for three years and still doing art on the side and just kind of like, okay, Lord, where are you leading me? Um, and I actually had an opportunity um, with a dance company I was also with to perform in Italy um, one year. And that gift also allowed me to encounter a school in Florence, Italy that teaches sacred art. And it's literally called the Sacred oh Art my School. When, yeah, when I encountered it, it was just like a day encounter. I met a friend who was there and stayed with her for one night. Um, 
in waiting for my dance company to get there just in terms of travel. But that little did I know that that little encounter, you know, changed the course of my, the rest of my mm-hmm. life because I, it, it didn't happen right away, but it kind of stayed in the back of my mind. I'm like, this is really beautiful, Lord. I'm very interested. Um, but it wasn't until about three years after that, that um, I actually ended up going to the school. I thought I was going to just do a summer program, but that turned into a year and then that turned into their full year program, uh, two year program at the time. So I, yeah, I got I, the gift of living in Florence, Italy and learning oil painting, particularly uh, under the umbrella of sacred art. So all of, yeah, my journey is very, I'm sure like everybody, windy in the sense of eventually he leads us to where we're supposed to be. And it's still unfolding, if you will. But um, since since graduating, I now um, continue to paint sacred art full time and dance as well as continued. And then throughout it all, I've like grown in my photography skills, even while I was there in Italy. Um, I did a lot of photos for just to kind of it was mostly it was a mix of I loved just photographing the beauty of what was there and to help maybe a little bit financially while I was there too and um, I got to um, work with some Catholic companies and photograph for them while I was overseas so just kind of growing and keeping up with those skills and when I came home um, began photographing weddings more fully alongside of painting and still dancing. So they're all my loves that I haven't been able to give up in any way. So still managing to do them in some form and fashion. Um, And the mission is to, to speak the beauty of God's love through them. So I'm honored to, when I photograph weddings, to work with clients that are really strong in their faith. And that's just been a gift that they've, come to me already having this desire to you know uphold the sacrament and it's beautiful to to um to connect in that way and to express that more in the photos I take and then with my art it is very particularly with sacred art a a form of prayer for individuals with um and as we can talk about in a little bit I do that for churches as well as couples and families and different communities um and it's just a fun way, uh, all of it, to express God's beauty and love through these different arts. <laughs> so, yeah, in a nutshell, that's that's me. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's so interesting to me that you use the word encounter to describe your first time learning about your art school in Florence. Like people use that word when they talk about, you know, day trips when traveling but also the fact that your work and your business is so rooted in a sense of mission and also so seemingly rooted in you know like the sacraments and in the body like all these mediums of like um photos and dance and art are so like human and and bodily like without encounter without like a face-to-face relationship um like a mission can't really flourish you know I mean of course we live in the digital age and there's all these other means of of communication that technology gives us which is a great gift but um I just I think it's so cool like encounter is just one of those words that always stands out to me as something that's so relational and um and with art it's not 
it's not something that can be kept like just to yourself as as the artist and so I think that's really amazing and it does seem like the Lord has like opened so many doors on your journey that lets all of these loves like converge for you I think that's so cool yeah it's been it's been beautiful to see it unfold and it was neat just to um as I started to say they felt like two different worlds helping people and my art and then finally it feels like they're zipping together if you will and in enabling me to speak God's truths mysteries his mercy all of it Mm -hmm. through beauty and it's just a way that I didn't realize that I could help people through it's just not a normal route (laughs) at all (laughs) so it's neat to see God like slowly bring it together more and more fully the mission that he has for me I'm sure that's so enriching for everyone because it's certainly true I think that so many of us you know hunger for that meaning and for that beauty um and you have shared with us that this is something that you value um you know in your personal life and in your work as an artist um helping couples to invest in their life together and in their relationships by investing in beauty. You described that you um, you work on paintings for families and for couples. Um, can you share some practical ways that couples can invest in beauty and invest in art as they live out the sacrament of marriage? Sure. I was really um, taken aback in a good way when I started going more full-time with my painting, particularly and how young couples were coming to me and wanting to commission a painting as they began their journey. Either they were just newly married or um, even engaged couples would come to me and say, I want to, I want to commission this work for my fiance, soon to be spouse, or they would do it together and gift each other. And it was beautiful because maybe they would, they have like a saint that was holy stalking them, if you will, (laughs) or a special devotion to Our Lady and just something very intimate and unique to their relationship and their, the connection of faith that the Lord has led them on. And it was awesome because we would build this painting together as I learn more about them and their faith journey and to, to create something that'll be timeless for them, something that they can pray with as a family, as they build um, and grow eventually have children and all of that um, it, it's just it's a beautiful way to um, to start fresh and, and it's not just starting but it was neat to see that a lot of them who were in their beginning of their vocation if you will came and and still do and ask to create a painting in this way to bring sacred art into their homes so that's one way that um, I was grateful to see that those in our generation are doing this and want to do this. And so someone who may be listening that maybe never thought of that, this is totally an option um, that, you know, creating something unique for your family and bringing that into your home, some, a painting that'll last over the lifespan of yeah, your family. But- if it's, you know, if you get a real original painting um, to, to invest in that is really powerful because you're, you're not just investing in a decoration. It is a true um, expression of your faith an intimate expression and a calling forth that 
just a little bit of my process. It's it's done in prayer. I I seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, basically do all I can to let the Lord lead. So it's truly a prayerful work of art that I believe the Holy Spirit leads. So in his guidance, he's leading what will um, guide you as a family and enable you to come closer to the Lord through different stages of your life. So it's a powerful way to to um, invite prayer into your home and listen to the Lord through a work of beauty. And so, yeah, that's one, that's one way that I would encourage and not everyone can afford that. So there are alternatives to um, even just investing in a high quality print of sacred art. Maybe you found something online that you really enjoy or you're searching for um, bringing sacred art of some form into your home is really essential I believe and not and obviously I am an artist myself um but I say that because we through this time that I've been studying um all these different arts and my time Mm -hmm. in Italy and diving in and reading different books all of it studying theology of the body I've learned that beauty is essential for the growth of our character mm-hmm. um it's essential for us to encounter the lord because it's truly um when we come in, in front of authentic beauty we are in a sense encountering god we become dj von hildebrand if you're familiar with him he wrote a book on aesthetics he wrote many beautiful <laughs> things um but i recommend his book on aesthetics and he literally says um it, beauty brings us before the face oh of God. Gosh. And that's a powerful yeah. <laughs> thing to claim. And if we really let that sink in, why would we not surround mm-hmm. ourselves with beauty? Why we, why would we not bring it into our home? Um, why would we not bring it for our children to see and encounter? And it can be done in different ways. It doesn't have to just be a painting. There's beautiful sculptures out there. Um, you, you know, having a beautiful Bible, there's so many different ways to do that. Um, and even investing in beautiful wedding photos, um, because those are something you'll have for a lifetime as well, that hopefully you'll show your grandkids one day and to have it um, framed or in an album or something. And to know that um, it's even more special which I love, like I mentioned earlier, to know that the photographer understands the sacrament Mm -hmm. as well. Um, It enables it to be captured in a way that enhances the spirituality behind what's taking place, the true purpose of three getting married, not just the two. And it's in subtle ways, but this is an expression, not just to you and your family, but all who see it as well will know, wow, like you're, like my husband and I, we have the moment we got our first communion as husband and wife hung up on the wall. Not everyone may do that, but that says something to those that look at that image. It makes them wonder. Those maybe that don't have a faith might say, hmm, why would they choose that moment and reflect possibly on the the profound moment that took place there and maybe even ask us a question about it. And so there's a lot of ways that are simple yet so profound to um, bring beauty into your home that it, you, you don't realize the impact that it actually has, that has on um, your character as well as all those that encounter whatever you choose to put up or hang up, yeah. so to speak. And um, 
it leaves a legacy to um, my husband. I know has joked like when we were planning our wedding and doing our gift registry and things that our future, you know, great grandchildren and great grandchildren, God willing, caused a lot of arguments <laughs> and a lot of tension between us because I'd be like, oh, you know, we're gonna drink out of these champagne flutes with our grandkids on Christmas one day, and he's like, well, we don't have grandkids yet, and we need other stuff for our apartment <laughs> instead. But I know that. Um, for me, being lucky enough to grow up with uh, three of my four grandparents living um, for all of my, you know, childhood and, and teenage years, it was always such a cool thing to pull out the family scrapbooks and to see all of um, the pictures of my grandparents and of my aunts and uncles when they were children, you know, family vacations and also wedding pictures. Um, my grandparents eloped at this little church in uh Baltimore she was wearing like a red dress that her daughter my aunt then wore for her uh like getaway dress at the end of her reception but it's like those moments like they really do echo not just in your own like four walls of your house I feel but um you know everyone wants to know like what's your grandparents love story or how did your you know like the head like you know matriarch patriarch of your family first meet you just you see the fruits as as time goes on and so I don't know for you to be able to intercede and to like play a part with that whether through art or through photography um it's not even just a gift to the couple but you know god willing to all who will come after them yeah (laughs) um do you pray with the art in your house like what do you and your husband do at home I'm wondering if any of our listeners have never really like sat and like prayed with sacred art before or they've never considered the ways that uh, their surroundings can kind of invite like a spirit of prayer in their home what are what are some ways that someone could get started with that yeah we so uh, it was beautiful opportunity when the pandemic hit us we turned our um our guest room became multi-purpose and we actually were able to create a little chapel in there as well very simple um there's there was this like cutout in the wall that probably was meant just for like you know those old TVs that are huge <laughs> right, <laughs> um, but we were like well what can we do with this space and we decided to make it into a little chapel and um, put um, a painting in there and the Bible a little statue some candles. And- and we'll do some praise and worship um we even had the mm-hmm. opportunity to have a mass set in that in in our little chapel um twice which was beautiful gift as well so the space itself mm-hmm. is, is blessed um but not even just there we we have um we even for our wedding day so this is another cool idea we had a crucifix hey we got it on etsy but it's hand carved from the Ukraine and it's stunning mm. it has of course Christ on the cross and it has our lady and Saint John um on either side of oh, him yeah. and then has the skull of Adam at the bottom it's very intricate beautiful done beautifully done and we actually That's set our vows yeah. over it and it was blessed by our priest who set our wedding so it has a lot of powerful meaning to it and we have that ha- hanging in our bedroom as a reminder of the true meaning of marriage of what real love 
really is. Um, so we don't necessarily, from where it is, we don't necessarily like kneel in front of that, though we can at times, but it's a, we have it right where we can see it when we're in our room and to have that as a subtle reminder, yet a pr- profound one is also really beautiful. And when we say our nighttime prayers, we definitely look at it and um, can reflect on it, that even further. So locked up a little bit more frequently to spend that time in prayer and um encountering beauty and you can you don't even there's also um i'm trying to remember who made this maybe you remember but there are some books out there and i'd hope to create one actually eventually but a visio divina where you can have paintings sacred works yeah in in a in a book but you you don't it doesn't have to be just in a book but this is cool because the book helps you kind of to pray with it it's like Lectio Divina where you try to enter into the work and reflect on what the Holy Spirit might be saying to you through that so we also have uh, one of those books which is fun to do and listen to the Lord in that way so yeah those are some simple ideas of just I think it first is I would encourage to find like maybe there is a space in your home that you can designate Mm -hmm. as an actual prayer space. Kind of just like, you know, we have a space where we eat, a space where we rest, probably now a space where we work because of COVID, right? Making sure, yeah, those different spaces. And sometimes they all collide depending on what means you have in your home. But even if it's like, I know couples Uh that have just a tiny corner in their bedroom and that's their sacred space of prayer. And that works too, if you can't have something separate. But anything where you're it's because we're body mind and soul where our senses recognize okay this is a space of prayer can totally help mm-hmm. us enter into that more fully and um and if you have kids like the the books with the art was really cool to have too because they can follow along and you, could just, you know they love looking at art and seeing stories as you describing that to them and that's a way to to begin to teach them how to reflect on it and what the Lord might be saying to them through that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about idleness, like the idea of surrounding yourselves um, with items that, um, you know, remind us of our identity in Christ and that like draw our attention to God can be like such a, like a remedy and, and a medicine for feeling bored, you know, not like in a Jesus is watching kind of way, but just, you know, in times where I'm sitting in my room, you know, scrolling on my phone for, you know, an hour after thinking like, we'll do like the 20 minute check-in or whatever, you know, like on Instagram or whatever it might be, you know, like if my eye, you know, lifts up and I catch the eye of like the crucifix that's in my room. I'm like, oh yeah, like, is this actually, you know, the most like, fulfilling thing for me? And so I, I hear you that what we surround ourselves with can definitely have like an influence on yeah. our time. And I encourage um, like really, like, I wouldn't say for those that maybe don't have much sacred art in their home right now and then you're thinking, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I should get some. 
it's important to really get a, a work of art that really speaks to your heart um, to not just get it for the sake of getting it. And maybe that is investing in a commission. That's something unique for your family. But even if it's just um, getting a print or something that's already created to, it's important to make sure that your heart um, is drawn to it um, because you're going to, you're going to, I think the fine line that I see that I believe more and more are recognizing is are we getting art just for decoration or are we getting art to uplift our, our family, our homes to the greater good? Mm. So it's important yeah. when you're choosing art to really reflect what is this piece going to do for our soul, for our well-being? It sounds so deep and maybe someone might say, oh, that's a little too intense, Kate. But um, if you were to do that with <laughs> really intentionally get a piece of work of art and not just say oh this is within my budget this is 20 bucks and it, it you know has the right color then let's get it if it doesn't speak to you then it's really kind of a waste of space it's not it's not it's not calling to your heart and um pulling you towards mm. what god might be pulling you to so intentional yeah. with choosing a work um it's really that process is important as well like what is needed in your home for your family, for your hearts and not just for decoration. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. The intentionality. Um, you also are a bride and you've been married for a while now. Um, how does that factor in with you and your husband's tastes? Like, do you find yourself drawn to similar pieces or do you have different preferences with the art that you bring into your home? It's a great question. Um, he's more, as I mentioned, he's a musician, so he's definitely more drawn to like auditory stuff. And he's given me a little bit more free reign when it comes to the visuals in the home. And he, it's funny because he said to me not too long ago how he's become more aware um, of beauty since we've been married. We've only been married not even two years yet, so we're still fairly newlyweds. But because I'm like immersed in it and talking about it all the time, he's like, I find myself being more and more aware of it since being married to, to you and it's need to see. So he's slowly um, building that muscle, if you will. And um, yeah. yeah, in terms of commonality of what we're um, led to, I don't know, I think that just is, it grows over time. We, I will say during our engagement, um, our Lady of Guadalupe, definitely stalked us um my husband my husband's from poland actually and was planning on proposing in front of there's a shrine out here um with our lady of chestahova and he planned on proposing in front of um an image of her and long story short there ended up being mass happening at the exact same time which prohibited him from doing that and we ended up being in a side chapel where our lady guadalupe was and he proposed there. And little did we know, she really chose us that day because during her whole engagement, she just showed up out of nowhere and like very, very obvious that she was chasing us in a good sense. Like she came to churches that she never was at before. We randomly got somebody asking us to speak about her. <laughs> um, someone just gifted me an image oh. and they didn't know any of this. And it was just really funny and beautiful all at once. Like, okay, we see you, mama. <laughs> so I will say we've, <laughs> grown to um both truly treasure our lady of guadalupe and we we even invested in a fairly large image of her 
um, to have at our wedding. And we created um, a dance together. Um, I did a little contemporary dance and my husband played music and we had Our Lady of Guadalupe image there and we had our um, bridesmaids and groomsmen bring up candles as like a prayer offering for our marriage and as a thanksgiving to Our Lady and Christ. And then we came together and did like a swing dance, but it was like a little tribute to Guadalupe. And that image is actually hung in our living room now. So it's kind of like a focal point, but also like a reminder of our journey as a couple that the Lord took us on. So that's definitely a common, like a commonality of our desire of beauty in the home. Our Our Lady of Guadalupe image is something that we both treasure quite a bit. And how beautiful and like your wedding day, um, although those getting married with an understanding of the sacrament, like we know it's not about us. Like there still is such an opportunity, you know, through the visual or through the sound, like with your husband's music to really like reveal who you are. And because a holy couple is also so entwined with their identity in Christ, then it's like we also are given like an opportunity to reveal him and his love and so just how cool that you were able to like pour out your own gifts and then also invite others to see that beauty you know of our lady and of of the love of god that's really that's beautiful um wow do you have any other like favorite stories or memories from your wedding that you want to share oh good question well that was that was a big highlight it was fun to create that together (laughs) yeah to to just reflect on it because it was kind of just exactly what you said we wanted to focus on the sacrament and the true beginning of what was taking place and the song that my husband sang was a Mm -hmm. praise song um you might be familiar called oh no actually this is the title isn't this but it says like let there be oil in my lamp let the fire not go out Mm -hmm. when i hear the bridegroom comes and he, there were so many layers to that very simple but like again profound yeah it felt like we wanted it to be like okay we are beginning this journey together to heaven like let us help the oil remain in our hearts that we may be ready when we hear the bridegroom comes and what yeah. you know what better way to do that than to begin with the focus being right on him and in gratitude for our lady and helping guide us there so that was definitely one of the main highlights. Um, I will also say we were blessed to have our ceremony at the cathedral here in Philly. And mm. the, there were so many like just, just powerful moments to that. I mean, the, build, the, the cathedral itself is stunning. And I was so grateful to be able to have that there as a sacred artist myself. Yeah. And the music was also really stunning. And we both um, chose this special song to have after communion um what a beautiful name it is and that was done like in a unique way we had a a cellist and a friend who has a stunning voice sing it and it just was a very unique sacred moment that I just felt really I just felt the Lord deeply and it felt like a small taste of heaven so that was really a beautiful moment as well and and many of those that were in attendance, some that weren't even strong in faith were asking so much about that song, particularly, which was really cool to hear. They're like, wow, that song was stunning. Like, 
it brought tears to my eyes, <laughs> like something about it. And so the Lord is definitely working through that as well, which we were grateful to hear. Yeah, I think that like whenever he's like able to reveal his beauty, that that's such a powerful invitation. One of those like preach the gospel and if necessary, mm-hmm. use words. Kind of, I mean, obviously the song had words, but I think sometimes like with like that missionary zeal that a lot of the faithful can have, like for me, I tend to think like, oh, okay, like what are, how do you appeal to someone's logic or how do you like really um you know make something seem like you're meeting them where they are like how can we talk about this and talk is you know such a good and essential part of evangelism where it's appropriate but then also like so much of like all the beautiful and like rich traditions of our church like they really do speak for themselves and that's like so much more powerful an invitation than any of us could ever extend with just like you know rhetoric or just with with work yeah that's yeah one of the main reasons I I do what I do I just like you said today and particularly in our culture today it's your truth versus my truth but beauty has the power to pierce hearts and yeah go deeper and kind of cross those barriers so you know we all can probably think of a moment where we've been swept away by something beautiful could be a sunset a birth of a child you know a song something but those are moments that God is speaking and he can break through all the other noise and confusion and touch our hearts so yeah exactly yeah for sure um for anyone listening who is thinking like I maybe don't consider myself creative or don't consider myself artistic. You talked a little bit ago about um, creativity and an awareness of beauty being sort of a muscle um, rather than like an inborn kind of um, aptitude, but like something that maybe someone can develop or become more attentive to. Um, How could somebody pursue this who would like to grow in this area? Maybe something in this conversation is really sparking something or something else sure I think I would just encourage um exposure to it more and not force like there's I think each one of us has something that we're more uniquely drawn to um I enjoy hiking as well like someone might resonate that might resonate more fully than maybe going to like a gallery or listening to a, a song you know there's different forms of beauty all around us and there's probably something unique that does speak to each of our hearts and to just be aware of that. Well, what is it that my heart does respond more to? Like, is it nature? Is it um, certain types of art? And to kind of lean into that and like maybe foster that more fully because the Lord wants to speak to you in that. Like you, there's a reason why your heart's already drawn to it. So maybe just asking yourself, well, what is that? And, um, and if you're still having trouble, like being aware of maybe what resonates most with you, maybe just kind of experience, um, experiment in the sense of, um, just expose yourself to different things. I think, um, when we're not aware of the depth of something, we're not always intrigued by it just because of a lack of openness, not like purposefully per se, just, um, we haven't like we said like that muscle isn't grown yet and 
simply like as my husband has <laughs> attested to because I speak about it so much and bring it up in we have it everywhere in our home and just we do like book clubs even he's like wow I didn't I become so aware of it that when I'm walking outside I've been so sensitive to see these different ways that God is speaking now that I wouldn't have noticed before so I think if you if we all put in um put on that perspective that God wants to say something to you intimately through beauty I think that's the way to begin because it's like, oh, I want to discover what God wants to say to me. I want to hear that, you know, and that maybe would give you the incentive to dive deeper into, well, what is beauty and how can I encounter it more? And it's also I also encourage folks because I'll I'll go around and speak to and bring my art and I encourage them to it's kind of like running sometimes um, in terms of particularly praying with art. You in the beginning, you try to like, at least me, I'm not a main runner, but when I used to run, when I started, I'd be like arguing with myself, like, why am I running? And all these different thoughts going in your head. And then once you hit um, this certain threshold where you cross that, it all of a sudden gets easier. um, And you're able to kind of like enter in better, if that makes sense. And I feel like that can be similar with art we try to like figure it out too much in the beginning and sometimes we just need to like learn how to tell ourselves to just enter in and receive what's in front of us and try not to like overanalyze it and that helps actually to encounter it better so Mm. it's almost entering back into that childhood state of wonder versus trying to like scientifically dissect everything (laughs) if that makes sense yeah more more heart than head yeah and um you'd be surprised when we allow ourselves to kind of let go and just receive and be still like that's key too like challenging yourself to be still in front of whatever beauty is before you and to to wait to wait there you know in in stillness with god when we do that he shows up and um, I think we all need to do that a lot more because he's the Lord is, speaks to us mostly in the silence. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was thinking as you were speaking of um, a talk I heard by Damon Owens last summer, two summers ago, where um, he talked about how so many things in our faith are referred to as a mystery. And it can be easy to hear that word and think, oh, well, if something is mysterious, then that means that, you know, it's like a closed book or that there might not be any more to know. But in reality, it's almost like God is issuing, you know, a challenge and an invitation, um, always a loving challenge, but kind of a challenge nonetheless to say, well, a mystery can actually just be the start, you know, and if we kind of like open that crack in the door or like that spark that's there, there often is like so much more that he wants to reveal. And that's something that has become kind of like a cornerstone of my own prayer ever since I heard that, that a mystery is actually, you know, an open door and not a closed one. And and like you say, um, there's such an importance to like being okay, maybe with the uncertainty or just kind of like waiting to see what it is that, um, you know, that he wants to reveal and to give. Um, um, So you're, um, you just finished a tour with um, your artwork of St. Joseph. 
right? Is yeah, right? it's um, it's kind of ongoing. It's intermittent. We did one presentation. Um, some of it had to get postponed for different purposes, but a couple coming mm-hmm. up at the end of March, um, in locally here in the Philly area and the outskirts. And hopefully we'll gather a few more. We'll see. Essentially, it's it's harder during this time with the pandemic stuff, and right. we want to be safe. And um, but we are doing a few and trying to keep everything safe in that regard. But essentially, I go and I speak kind of what we're talking about about beauty. Um, and this particular one, I'm I, I'm bringing in a lot of Saint Joseph. Um, I have a Saint Joseph painting that I've created. I have a couple of him, but one particular that's more focused on St. Joseph and um, we'll my both my husband and I go I'll do a little presentation and then I have the some original artworks there and then we enter into a time of prayer with the art and my husband Paul will play some music um, if it's in a church we usually bring out um, the Eucharist so it's like a time of adoration and really just guiding others um on how to enter into that visio divina like we talked about and to hear what the lord might be saying through those visuals as well as the music and just uh encounter god through beauty really so that's essentially the goal with those and i i hope to do them more but in god's timing we'll see how that pans out with everything yeah, that's great. For anyone uh, in your local area or who's um, going to be on the lookout for your events, um, where can they find you online? Sure. You, my, I have a website, visualgrace.org. And on there, there's um, an event page as well. Um, I will say I'm more digital, digital I can't even speak, d- diligent, there we go, um, with with sharing <laughs> events on social media than I am with my website. I need to be a little more diligent with that. But um, either there or Instagram as well as Facebook. And I am on LinkedIn as well. So Instagram, it's visualgrace.sacredart. I also have a photography one, visualgrace.photography. And then my Facebook, it's kind of together, visualgrace, Kate Capato. So you can, there I usually just share different events and as well as behind the scenes of what I'm working on and um, different weddings, all of that fun jazz. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kate. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. I know that um, we love having you as, um, as a spoken bride vendor, like on both like a personal level and on the level of seeing what you're doing for relationships and, and marriage and, the church. I know that your talents are such a gift to couples. And so we're so grateful to you for just sharing your journey and sharing some of these insights into what power beauty has to deepen our lives and to deepen our marriages. Um, So once again, friends, Kate can be found online at visualgrace.org. Her photography, uh, her artwork, and her uh, dance can be found on Instagram at visualgrace.photography visualgrace.dance and visualgrace.sacredart. And the last thing, uh, if today's episode was valuable to you, uh, we hope you'll subscribe to this show wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on social media at Spoken Bride. Back when we launched in um, 2016, almost five years ago now, um, we had so many dreams for 
this ministry and we'd love for you to be among the first to know about some of the projects and the ideas for growth that we have in the works so that the invitation is always there for you to help us live out our mission just to support brides and newlyweds in every state of engagement and married life with spiritual support with practical tips and always a relational heart and a heart for authentic encounter and conversation. Kate Capato, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you as well.